0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward, joined by my good friend Tim May. This is a a little bit of a a rapid reaction as the uh, college sports landscape has changed a little bit. Uh, Maybe not as much as the NCAA would have you believe, but it is a a notable change that, uh, you know, Gene Smith and Dr. Michael Drake were part of this working group that was working towards name, image, and likeness uh, compensation for players. It's been a long time coming. Tim and I have talked about this as a possibility for a long time. Uh, Gene Smith joined that committee and that working group last year when it became obvious with other, uh, you know, states starting to pass legislation to move towards this to allow uh, players, most notably college football players and college bas- basketball players, to cash in on their own name uh, in any number of ways. Uh, now they're finally saying that they can, but Tim, I, you know, well, first of all, you've covered this sport a long time. So how significant is today that the NCAA is finally changing some amateur rules and B- uh, we can dig, dig into a lot
1: more from there, but what was just your initial
0: takeaway from that conversation this morning?
1: Well, it's, it's significant in the fact that you remember last fall when the, some of this stuff was starting to trickle out that the NCAA might be considering it. You know, I, you know, I asked Gene Smith. You know, uh, they kind of brought this on themselves by kicking the can down the road. He was, you know, he basically said, "You're, yeah, you're right, but it's it's hard to get, uh, you know, how many schools are in, in, in the NCAA now have lost count, but in the you know, just in the uh, FBS, the, or it's not the FBS, but Division One for football, there's, what, 128 or 130 schools. And it's hard to get even that number of people to agree on changing rules to the extent of making uh, money available to players that wasn't there before. And, uh, you know, we'll get into the, the Pandora's box. It truly opens in a moment. But I think it is a, it is significant. It is definitely a milestone in the – progression of, uh, for major college football and basketball players, without a doubt, how much this is going to affect soccer or women's lacrosse or anything like that, you know, probably not very much, maybe initially just when people are jumping on the bandwagon, but, uh, you know, it's, it's significant in the fact that this does, uh, allow players to, in essence, uh, trade on their own, on their own, uh, Uh, on their own significance or their own reputations. This isn't exactly what I was talking about though long before I was talking about them being able to partake a little bit more in the money that's already being uh, developed and earned by big time power five schools. That's that's a big difference from what we're talking about right here.
0: Yeah. I think that's a a clear, you know, and maybe someday down the road they're going to have to look at this again and change. And that's why, you know, the NCAA is asking, you know, the federal governments to step in and and mandate what it, what they can and can't allow, because, you know, you're looking at what they approved or what they're trying to bring into the NCAA is stuff where you're not allowed to, you know, wear your Jersey to do an advertisement or uh, use Ohio state um, logos or the big 10 logo or whatever school or conference it may be, because they're still trying to fight against this. um, You know, you're not an employee that the schools are compensating them directly at some point. I mean, that's the last wall that's standing. I think at some point that may well come crumble down, um, but this is a step towards that to try and hold it off. I don't know how much longer it'll last, but that's why you kept hearing this word. Gene Smith was hammering it over and over guardrails. You know, it's going to be hard right now with what they're proposing for students to actually navigate it and find out what they can and can't do and, and who signs off of it and who's monitoring like, I think that is going to be maybe an issue they run into there, Tim. But, you know, it's at least a concession that they need to figure out something because today was not – the law is not – the rule is not in place right now. They're saying, hey, this is what we think right now, and then people are going to vote, and it could change by January. But as it is right now, it's at least some progress, but maybe not as much as people might think.
1: Yeah, and the interesting thing is you you still have the impression that the schools want to to, in some form or another – have a clearinghouse <laughs> for for one of another term for what players you know can and can't endorse. I mean, I don't know, I, you know, I don't know where this is going to go, but you know, do you want your star, you know, running back endorsing a strip club? You know, I mean, you know, I mean, seriously, I mean that that could happen. You know, you think back into Ohio State's past, that could definitely have happened. You know, back in the uh, but I won't go there. Back in the mid two thousands, but uh, I digress, obviously, but. Uh, But that's the point is, like, you know, the guardrails are very important here because, on the one hand, you want to give the players, the athletes, the freedom to pursue pretty much what they want to pursue. On the other hand, it has to – you have to have some some guard against them going overboard or being taken advantage of uh, contractually. Or is every player now going to have an agent when he's in in college to set up these – Endorsements for like a autom- automobile company or a uh, you know like I said a strip club a a, a you know a restaurants uh, you know whatever they can they can do or to set up their autograph sessions you know I mean are players going to be allowed to after a game after the opening game let's say two years from now uh, are the players going to be allowed to have tables set up outside Ohio Stadium where you know the you know they can sell their autographs you you know we've all seen the crowds outside you know especially after a big win. Yep. uh I mean um, what, what are the guardrails here, and the idea that you can't have guardrails or shouldn't have guardrails is is ridiculous it's folly, even the NFL has guardrails i mean you know you can't as a player uh, I heard James Laurinaitis talking about this today on the uh, on the Bishop of Laurenitis show or whatever it's called on on uh, 97.1, the fan you know that if you were a player and and uh, the NFL had a or your team had a uh, contract with Coke you couldn't do Pepsi commercials, or at least you couldn't do them in a in your team jersey or your NFL logo. So there definitely have to be uh, rules. And then there have to also be rules because there has to be some sense of making it a fair play for all the schools in the league. And that's where it's really going to get goofy. You know this, Austin, Ohio State is not like Purdue. Uh, Ohio State is not like Ohio U by any stretch. And the idea that you're going to Go, go into this and players not understand it. If you go to Ohio state, I mean, once you, once you're even being recruited by Ohio state, your reputation drop, drop, I mean, jumps immediately. So your worth to somebody is already jumping because you're already getting more famous or you're being recruited by Alabama or by Clemson or whatever. And then, you know, what's going to stop <clears throat> those schools from putting together packages. Hey, if you come here, you're going, to get a car, you're going to get a car dealership endorsement. And just think, man, if you lead the league in rushing, you're going to get even more. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, you've got to have some, some kind of like, you know, guidelines, rules about that. But will those stick in court? I don't know. Because uh, otherwise, you just run amok. Here's what I truly believe before you get your opinion, though. I truly believe it's going to be like an explosion to begin with. And that's what you and I talked about before. And then I think things are going to settle down because car dealerships may understand, figure out, hey, this isn't really helping our bottom line. Uh, A shoe company may figure out, hey, we're not really selling more shoes because of this. Let's rein this in a little bit. That's what will happen. But the initial explosion will be pretty huge.
0: Yeah, I think that, uh, and I've shared this with you before and others when they've asked, like, is this going to revolutionize and change recruiting and shift the balance of power? No, I don't believe that it will. I think that it will solidify programs even more. It will strengthen Ohio State. It will strengthen Clemson. It will strengthen Alabama. Uh, and because all the things that already exist for them, with their cranking out NFL draft picks, when they have the nicest facilities, uh, when they you have the academic reputation of Ohio, like all those things already exist, and they will still matter. And if you're trying to add on top of that, you know, Ohio State has more – compliance officers than almost any school in the country, they will help navigate players through that. I mean, that's getting way in the weeds, but they, if, if you factor in the metro area of Columbus, like Ohio State is only going to benefit from this. Well, the other argument is, uh, does Nike want to just buy a program like Oregon? And, and well, In some ways it already has, but it can't turn its back on Ohio State. It can't turn its back on Florida or the Jordan brands or Michigan because it if it starts favoring one school over the other, you're going to go look for a different – you know company to make your stuff. Well yeah. what about uh Chicago or or Rutgers like couldn't businesses help fund that? Uh there's more Ohio State fans in Chicago than there are in Northwestern. If they wanted a, a spokesperson there to appeal Justin Fields is still going to be the pick over pick anyone on Northwestern's roster, Clayton Thorson or you know whoever from the past. You know any Ohio State player is going to carry more weight. So from that perspective I think you know you've seen it with T Boone Pickens and Oklahoma State and you know, some oil money that changes some things for for programs in Texas. And, you know, that's a whole other argument with the economy right now that I'm not even going to get into. But, you know, that stuff, businesses have to see a return on it. And where would you most likely see that? You're still going to see it at the schools that have the best coaches, have long attracted the best players, and have the most commitment to winning. You can't build that overnight or sustain it, in my opinion. And I I think that's, you know, to your point, maybe you see people that, pony up to get a five-star to go to whoever, Colorado. I don't know. But you're not going to do that over the long haul because it won't make sense and it's not going to really help turn them into
1: an overnight sensation. And this is what this is what's interesting too. Like, you know, I wrote a story long ago for the dispatch, Columbus Dispatch from one of our game – I think it was a game day cover story uh, about how – who was the biggest name in town? This was back then. Who was the most recognizable name in town? Rick Nash the star, number one draft pick of the, of the Columbus Blue Jackets, or Terrell Pryor, who would you recognize on the street in Columbus more readily, Rick Nash, and that's an NHL professional uh, team, uh, or Terrell Pryor, uh, the quarterback then of Ohio State, whether you liked him or not. He was extremely well recognized, as even he found out. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's what's different about about Columbus and Ohio State than like Northwestern in Chicago, um, Minnesota Minnesota Gophers in Minneapolis. You know, uh, that's what sets big-time college football programs especially apart. You know, or Duke basketball, those players are really really recognizable. They can do more from a promotional standpoint if you're a business than, uh, you know, like right now, Justin Fields or Foligno, you know, from the Blue Jackets. Who's more recognizable? Who's – who has the chance to be the the Heisman Trophy winner, possible number one pick, if there in fact is a season this coming year? Uh, Justin Fields, you know, it's it's crazy what the, the box you're opening here, and uh, and the the fact that you can do that and just let it be a, a free for all is crazy. That's why as as uh, Gene Smith said, you have to have rules. I mean, because the 130 play the 130, 128, 130 schools in the in Division One you got to give them some semblance of an, of a level playing field, even though we all know that that doesn't exist. Right. But you have to play, you know, the reason you have to do that is like you brought up Oregon, people have to have people to play, you know, you can't just have eight teams out there, (laughs) you know, and then uh, you can, but that wouldn't last very long because most of them would have losing records. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, to me, it's just that moment. This is a definite, uh, not fork in the road, more like a cross more like a crossroads. Uh, you know, you're going to take this right-hand turn here now, but where is that leading? Nobody really has a grip on. And But we're definitely headed into a strange new world, that is for sure. You and I and Berm one time had a uh, – Jeremy Birmingham had a conversation in the hall with a, an Ohio State assistant coach who will not be named. <laughs> but like he said, you know, uh, if you move to this point, and this is where we've got to now, where a guy has an endorsement deal – with a, uh, let's say a car dealership in town and they want to shoot his commercials, you know, at one point in the, in the uh, day, and he's got to go to class because he has to maintain eligibility. I mean, you can't just say, well, this is pro football, forget about class even. And he's got football practice and meetings, but he's got to work in his, uh, his, either his appearance or his, uh, commercial shooting time, uh, <laughs> into his day or his week. You know how coaches are, you know, that's not going to go over real great. If, uh, but we'll, But if it's the superstar, which will be that guy, that'll be the guy you're talking about here. You probably aren't going to put up with it, right? Because he's a difference maker. He's the reason you are where you are. But to think that this isn't going to like just kind of throw things into a little bit of a disarray is really naive.
0: Yeah, there are going to be lasting uh, and, and certainly dramatic changes inside locker rooms, inside uh, athletic programs as everybody adjusts. I think that, in the long haul, and we're going to probably talk about this a lot more on your podcast in the coming weeks, that the amount of money is probably not going to wind up being all that significant to the players except for a couple few. I think that there are great opportunities for, uh, you know, volleyball players or, or golfers or whoever to start providing individual instruction. Um, maybe yeah. they allowed to do some events, and that's great. I think that stuff should absolutely happen, uh, and that's the fact that they're willing to make those concessions is notable right there. But when we're talking about the sport that you and I have covered for our, you know, professional careers, thinking about all the ways that this will uh, you know, reach out and spider web and impact college football is you can't even forecast how difficult that will be. But they at least took one step here. So I think we'll we'll probably process some of this, Tim, and we'll get back to it. Um, Let me give
1: you one more example before you sign off. Uh sure. though I remember when I was I've told you the story before I was staking out but Ryan Miller and I from Channel Ten. I they I just ended up getting in the van with them because they were the same place I was one day. And uh I uh, can't remember the uh can't remember the photographer. We were sitting outside uh Maurice Claret's uh rental condo or whatever it was back when he was under investigation. Yeah. And there were some little kids in the neighborhood, and they came riding by and and we just started talking. I started talking to this little kid, I said uh, well, are you surprised that, that, that uh, Maurice has got this like really nice? It was like an orange, you know, day glow orange, uh, uh, orange metallic, let's say, uh, vehicle. I can't remember what it was. Uh, and he, and he goes, No, I go, why? He goes, He goes, he said, he said, straight face. He goes, He's the biggest name in town, you know, <laughs> the biggest sports star in town. And I started thinking, you know, it's been that way. I remember coming back from a road trip. Uh, and we were flying. We used to have our own planes at the dispatch long ago. And we're landing, and I'm thinking Keith Byers. We forgot what game it was, but Keith Byers had just had a hell of a game. And as we're coming over the lights at Columbus, I'm going. You know what? The biggest name in town right now, all these lights and everybody, probably people watch this game is Keith Byers. You know, and he really couldn't cash in on that, at least legally. These players couldn't legally, as in NCAA rules. I'm talking about, and. uh So it's been, the conversation has been out there forever. Why aren't they able to make something off? You know, and we all know the rumors and some of the proven things that where you've seen them get money under the table, over the table, around the table, things like that. I'm not just talking about Ohio State, but around the country, you've seen those things happen. Well, you know, just pull the covers back on that, you know. Uh, And that's why I think this is a good move, because it takes that aspect of it. That aspect of players selling memorabilia to get tattoos and Ohio State going on big time probation for it, are you kidding me that's so stupid. It was so stupid then, and now the NCAA is out front saying that's stupid you know why would you why would you why would they call somebody eligibility or team wins vacating wins, which by the way never happened except in the in the uh <laughs> in the in the record book if you follow my drift, so yeah, I think this is a good day but but it, it's kind of like a, when the United States when it won its freedom from Great Britain, okay? Now all of a sudden they had to sit down and write a constitution. They had to have rules, right? Yeah. That's where yeah. we're at now. Now you got to have rules, okay? This is your freedom, but these are going to be your restraints on freedom. This is where you're going to be able to go and not go, and do and not do, because if you have an organization, you got to have rules.
0: Yeah, I. I can't top that analogy, so that's probably a good place for us to wrap it up here with a little bit of reaction to the name, image, and likeness uh, ongoing progress there for the NCAA, trying to uh, basically make sweeping changes that will alter the college football, college athletic landscape. Appreciate Tim May jumping on with me today to break it all down. I have a lot more on that and everything else at Letterman Row. Uh, For Tim, I'm Austin Ward. We'll see you next time.